Good to see you, boys. Yeah, what are we talking about today? Topical one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. education, yeah. schooling, yeah, yeah. schooling, modern a, day schooling yeah. and education. What a broad topic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll dig into it a little bit, and uh, maybe we'll need to come back to it another day because it's yeah. one of those big ones, isn't it? You oh, can talk about it massive. all day, and you could attack it from a lot of different Ooh. angles, but. And and it does relate to the modern ancestral man because education started way right, back yeah. when we could communicate. You yeah. know, like yep. I get elders that. were teaching children how to do things that, that mm. benefited the community and stuff like that. So, well, I think you know, if, you, if you look at what we're doing here, this is all education. A lot of the stuff that we talk about. I mean, my background sports science. So you know, if you if you're not talking about sports science, people say stay in your lane. Don't. Don't come out of your lane. Well, if if you're only ever looking in your lane and only ever looking in sports science, you're never branching out. You're never getting any education. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in, in sports science that, when I did my degree 20 years ago, is is almost irrelevant now. And if I didn't continue to learn and do my own self education, then then how do you learn? Yeah. You know, how do you continue to grow? You don't. It so would probably be fair to say, if you'd done no reading after your degree 20 years ago, most of that information would now be worth nothing. Would that be fair to say? Like stuff, moves, stuff moves along. All the time. There's always new science coming out. There's always new techniques. Sometimes yep. we realise something that we thought about was wrong. So if you, if anyone thinks they can just get an education and then rest on their laurels forever, yeah, you know, education is lifelong, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and I think that's the integral part of a good teacher and, you know, you and I used to be teachers, Jonesy, and, mm. and I love teaching. And I think a teacher's role is to in, instill into, into younger generation um, the love of learning and also the importance of continual learning and education. Mm. So lifelong learning. I think that's, that's spot on, really. If all yeah. you come away with from your education is that, You've probably done pretty well. And unfortunately, you yeah. do your own yes. learning. Just yeah. the ability to find your own information yeah. and yeah. enjoy doing it. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, in our Western society, education isn't appreciated um, in other societies. I mean, you go to some third world countries and they the kids want to go to school. They they love school. They, they see the importance of having an education, whereas we, you know, we're spoiled. We have all these good things in our lives and we take our education opportunities for granted. You know, like the kids just go through school, that, you know, because yeah, they have to sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas Is that a generalisation though? It's a generalisation, definitely. Because I know a lot of people that love school, go yep. to school, yep. think it's great. Yeah. You know? But I think we are sort of, as a society, oh, we yeah, sort of definitely. undermine it a little bit. We yeah. don't take it as some other communities or societies see Absolutely, it as such yeah. an integral part of their life. Yeah, I guess because it's a given, isn't it? Like we legally have to send our kids to school in Australia mm. and, in, and in most westernised countries they have to have some sort of formal education, which can include homeschooling, but because it's something that you have to do, I think sometimes people definitely want to push yeah. back on that. Yeah. Oh, I have to go yeah. to school. We have to, Whereas other communities want to. You brought out the yeah. example of the third world country kids they want to go to school yes they want to get that advantage of education and yeah. that knowledge whereas for us it's like well yeah you've got to go to school so yeah yeah and i guess if the system on. doesn't fit for you it can definitely be not 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 a very pleasant place to go to you yeah. know, you're going it's difficult to learn everyone learns differently you know and and you pigeonhole or you know put in a certain 
box and it's difficult for for you to go to school if it's if it's a hard process if it's definitely mate yeah. if, if, you know if you're a a visual learner you, you know it might be different if you are hands on you know you think you can mechanically do things it's it's different it's a different setup isn't it yeah and, Especially the and unfortunately schooling. a lot of our modern day schooling is uh, reliant upon kids uh, learning by hearing or, or um, comprehending information coming in. And not a lot of kids have that ability. Uh, a lot of kids learn by looking at someone do something and then repeating that behaviour. Yeah. Uh, so that practical hands-on learning. A lot of kids get lost in the whole delivery of instruction and they're missing out on it. They either don't hear it maybe or they don't comprehend the information. Yeah. I think our public schooling system does really, really well for the people in the middle. Mm. Oh, then that's maybe it's a bit wrong. But then if you know if you're struggling or if you're doing really well, maybe they those areas that sort of get left behind a yeah. little. Yeah, they're, they're quite. They, although they're quite happy if you're doing really really well, they're quite happy to uh, initiate uh, enrichment programs and yeah, so on. But if you're yeah. really really struggling, um, it's harder work. Yeah. To to deal with those students, and I mean, I'm, I think they're getting better at it now. Yeah, yeah. There are good teachers out there that definitely. Absolutely. Care yeah. for and, and get programs going for the underachievers. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes they can be overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our education in, in Australia and in Western society is going through a transition, whether that's good or bad. Um, and before we go into it, um, you know, I, I'm not bagging teachers or anything. There's great Absolutely teachers out not. there and teaching as a professional. I did it. It's hard work. You know, but I reckon I saw, I was teaching in the 90s. And I reckon I saw changes as a phys ed teacher back then um, of a decline in, in kids' activity levels, um, a decline in the importance within the curriculum of phys ed um, and, and sport and activity and also even health ed because I was a health ed minor. I really appreciated teaching kids about their health and I actually saw that become sort of disregarded as an important topic in the Definitely. curriculum. I think, I think maybe it's different for boys and girls but – you look at um, there's a, there was a study in the US done on uh, forty five minutes in the classroom, and they re- got outside and they ran around, come back in. So I think maybe they did ten or fifteen minutes, it, just free play. Went outside, ran around, come back in. They got through the curriculum. We can probably talk about curriculum as well, but they got through the curriculum within three terms instead of four. Mm. So they learnt a lot better and the boys especially they learnt they had that you know yeah 45 minutes maybe that's long enough for their this is primary school kids sorry their brains to be able to then that's too much I've got to get out run around run it off come back maybe a little bit tired maybe a bit more focused um, yeah so it's just interesting that that was a different strategy taken by that classroom teacher they did a study on it and found that they got through the work oh yeah 25 percent quicker i I could relate to that you know as a student Mm. in my 40s you do 45 minutes of intense study yeah you're cooked yeah you need to go and just just shake it off i probably i probably um it was probably boys and girls but uh, i'm a boy so i relate to that as a boy (laughs) when i was younger i didn't really want to sit still for two hours so getting 
getting out for 10 or 15 minutes to run around would have been amazing. Especially right. as a Climb kid. A tree. You're going to start daydreaming and stuff, aren't you? Like yeah. after a while, yeah. you don't have that intense concentration. That's it, right. It's a yeah. learned skill, like concentrating, yeah. I reckon. But even just a simple thing, when I was in primary school, every morning we did the cross-country yeah. school run. yeah. And what a great Every double morning. whammy. Every morning, yeah. our teachers made us go for... Daily so, fitness. Yeah, yeah, daily fitness. Yeah. We do a run in the morning and what a great concept. One, we're getting cardiovascular fitness where we're out moving, we're out in the sun, fresh air and exercising. Then it sets us up for a day of a mental capacity is at its, at its best yeah. after we've done some exercise and... You know, even even the kids come in, they've expended that energy. So even their behavioural um, issues in class are, are reduced because they're knackered and all they <laughs> want to do is just sit there and, and, and absorb what the teacher's got to deliver. No, it's just a – I don't know where the kids do that anymore. Um, they do oh, daily do. fitness. Do yeah. they do? Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. They? yeah. 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 I, um, I'd have to check it. It would it's obviously every be day. Uh, school to school would be different, wouldn't it? Because it wouldn't be like a mandated thing. No, from the and government it, to say that they must. Yeah, no. it, the, the difficulty is that some some schools aren't large enough to have specialist phys ed teachers or specialist science teachers. So it's yeah. the classroom teachers that that need yeah. to take up that slack. And is that right? Yeah, depending yeah. on depending on who um, takes an interest in that, they might they might do it every day. There might be three times a week, or yeah, yeah. but. I don't know if in daily daily fitness you went with your classroom teacher, didn't you? You yeah. didn't go with the phys ed nah, teacher. We so had separate phys ed lessons, sense. but we also our, our classroom teacher just did it. Yeah, and I don't know whether that was a school philosophy, yeah. uh, because every year we seem to do that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Maybe um, there was a bigger emphasis on it. Yeah. Now they're, now they're trying to get through nap plan and you got to oh, mate. Uh, the schooling, I'm a little bit disillusioned with it at the moment. I, I see schooling now more so based on ideologies as opposed to factual information, you know. So I don't know whether kids are learning times tables or anything these days. Absolutely. They are? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I mean, I don't know where our, our national literacy and numeracy standards sit. Uh, I did see um, some information about uh, numeracy and literacy I think it's dropping, yeah. isn't it? In yeah, Australia. it's gone. It's definitely it's gone down. Yeah. Um, they had some some ranges, so one to five. So here we go. So a government website, stylemanual.gov.au. In 2022, in Australia, about 44 percent of adult of adults read at literacy level one to two, which is low. So we're talking at a level of one to five. 44 percent of adults. Uh, at a level of one to two. So does that mean is if that you're grade one, you're you're borderline? No, no just, this is a level. So they've got oh, levels of, okay, of, yeah. of of not grade one or grade two. Right. These are levels. So level. level one is the, the worst. So, yeah. so would one level be five I- illiterate or semi literate? Zero. I don't know. I don't yeah. have to look at. It's just a low level of literacy. Yeah. Uh, so there wouldn't be many people at five. I would imagine fifteen percent. Read at level four to five, which is the highest levels, and thirty-eight percent of adults read at level three. Um, maths was a little bit uh, so the different. highest range was one to two, the highest percentage. Yeah, one to two, forty-four percent of adults. Pretty scary. That was twenty twenty-two. Mm. Uh, maths, uh, I could only find a twenty twelve survey um, that showed that same levels. So um, only seventeen percent of adults were at level four to five. 39% of Australian adults were at level three. Wow. So do the maths there and find out who's on level one. But I can't. 
Yeah, uh, you know, probably at level one, brother. Level one. Yeah, uh, you know, I just don't think. Uh, and and you look at the curriculum now, and I I, I I delved into this, and there's some really good articles. Um, if you have a look at the Institute of Public Affairs website, there's some really good um, uh, uh, researchers or or, um, or directors on there. Even there's a lady called Bella uh, Dabrera, uh, and she posted a really good article which did appear in the. Um, uh, in the Daily Telegraph, uh, saying that the changes to the national cur- curriculum announced by the Australian cur- Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority, ACARA, um, this is back in 2018, uh, should sound some alarm bells for Australian parents. Uh, said that She said that um, ACARA has promised to add a range of impractical and ideological 21st century skills with a shift to critical and creative thinking. Students will be taught things like how to develop curiosity, imagination, resilience and self-regulation, how to respect and appreciate the ideas, perspectives and values of others and how to care about the well-being of their friends and families, the communities and the planet. And so to, do, to achieve that, the curriculum has um, come up with a cross, three cross-curriculum priorities. Have you heard about this? So the three cross-curriculum curriculum priorities are um, sustainability, um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander histories and culture, and Asia and Australia's engagement within Asia. So those three cross-curriculum priorities will be delivered across all core subjects. So you'll even look at... So, for example, if you're doing maths, it will have a component of cultural studies... Exactly. So let me read it to you. So if I have a look at Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander histories and culture, and, and don't get me wrong here, I'm not a, a racist person or anything like that. I've studied, as my teaching degree, I've studied Aboriginal culture and history. And, and it's an amazing culture and it's such an interesting one and, and one that I reckon um, our kids should be learning because Definitely, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a unique culture. It's an amazing culture It's been and, and it's a culture relevant to the country that we live in. Man, they and lived in Australia for 100,000 years and they didn't fuck it up. Man, that's exactly. Pretty good, that's a pretty good effort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, a, and a lot of lot of the key concepts of these um, cross-curriculum priorities and particularly this one does have some fantastic things that I, I totally agree on about, you know, exposing kids to the, 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 to the culture Um you know, you know the belief systems of the people, um, the spiritual spirituality that they have, their their language, the ways of life, um, social and and those sort of issues, um, the kinship kinship structures and so on. All those things are really good. I think those those things are, are great to teach in a in a certain subject, so like the humanities or or, or humanity sciences. But like you you said there, Smitty. So for example, in maths. The, um, the learning area there, they will students can explore connections between representations of number and pattern and how they relate to, to aspects of counting and relationships of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Students can investigate time, place, relationships and measurement concepts within Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander context. Through the application and evaluation of statistical data, students can deepen their understanding of the lives of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander concept. And that, that makes sense to me. You know, through stati- evaluation of statistical data, you can 
you know, learn more about a sort culture. Sort of like learning how to actually use statistics, statistics. in order to, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And also learn about uh, that culture. But I, I'm a, a little bit, that sounds a bit vague to me, like looking at numbers and patterns and how they relate mm. to aspects of counting and relationships of in, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and, and investigating time, place, relationships and measurement concepts. I, I just think if we're if, if our numeracy is declining and our literacy is declining, I mean, so look, let's look at... Um, Let's look at the cross-curriculum priority of um, sustainability. So sustainability is all about, and, and, and I've circled these words, socially just, social justice, um, global equity and fairness, persuasive skills, advocating effectively for sustainability, all these sort of words. Social justice is in sustainability? So, yeah, it certainly is. Um, so, for example, in maths, so a maths teacher can introduce sustainability. Um, students can develop the proficiencies of problem solving and reasoning essential for the exploration of sustainability issues and their solutions, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mathematical understandings and skills are necessary to measure, monitor and quantify change in social, economic and ecological systems over time. And statistical analysis enables the prediction of probable futures based on findings and helps f- inform decision-making and actions that will lead to preferred futures. In English, students act responsibly and create texts that inform and persuade others to take action for sustainable futures. You know, these sort of liminal messages being delivered across core subject areas, I think, detract from the importance of that area. So particularly maths and English... My personal belief is that those subjects should just be purely maths and English. They don't need to be connected to sustainability. They don't need to be connected to a a certain culture or or race of people. They just need to be concrete things like reading good novels, learning grammar. You look at some of the the notes you receive from people or emails, the grammar is – and I'm, I, I, being a teacher, I constantly correct it because it shits me. <laughs> the spelling. I'll give that a D minus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sentence structure yeah. is terrible. Yeah, spelling is terrible. Right, handwriting is terrible. Yeah. You know, and look at maths. You know, you're like, oh, my, I reckon my teenage kids would struggle to read their, their times tables or this, do division or fractions. To me, this uh, sort of boils down to an argument between are our schools there to deliver knowledge or values? Because in my mind, and when I was a kid, I went to school primarily to gain knowledge and my family and my community around me gave me my values. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that parents were absolved of doing anything because I think the main reason that I can read and write and do maths is because my parents sat down and spent time with me and I think every parent should recognise that they need to do that. But I feel like we've fused in, listening to what you've said there, a hell of a lot of values on top of already trying to attain like a certain level of knowledge and it just seems like... Well, for one, we're sort of taking away the parents' job, and we're infusing the you know the government narrative of what we think the values should be. Yeah. So yeah. So what you're saying is, mate, um, home is where we learn things of, of values, uh, you know, leadership, family, community, friendship, that sort of thing, and and school is for knowledge. Yeah. I'd with a reinforcement of those values. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And. Like different families have different values. Like some kids will grow up in a very fundamentally Christian household, for example. 
Um, now, maybe the school doesn't tow that line, but maybe that's very important to the parents. So, you know, maybe ideally that kid would go to a Christian school, but I'm not sure how much this curriculum sort of permeates through private schools as well. I, I assume they still have to follow some basic government guidelines because the government has an over overarching sort of um, yeah. control of what a, a school curriculum should look like, doesn't yeah. it? So, yeah. I, I don't know. I think... Um, I just don't believe that schools should be that involved in teaching kids sort of in-depth values. And also, I don't know if we should be burdening particularly younger kids uh, with this amount of social burden of like all, you know, social justice and sustainability and certainly things that you need to learn, but maybe just give them like critical thinking skills and a love of research and they're going to go and find that on their own later on and integrate it into their life. Like it's, it's let's not make them rote learn what their values are. Yeah. Let's give them the tools to work out what their values are on their own. Yeah, and That's what makes the world a great place is diversity of opinions. Spot on, mate. We don't want a group of little lemmings that are all just taught exactly the same thing because that's a really shit place to live. Yeah, We want a diverse range of opinions and then we meet in the middle as yeah. a society. But it seems that we're getting this indoctrination from whatever whatever establishment is, is occurring at university level. These teachers are coming out of university with these dogmatic ideologies and then they're imparting that onto students, and that's the way to think. Big that time. is the way to believe. Yes. But that's not the teacher's job. The teacher's job isn't to impart values or, or ideologies onto young children. It's there to teach uh, content, subject yep. matter. Yep. Um, I love this quote from this lady, um, Colleen Harkin. She's a research fellow at the Institute of Public Affairs. And she said, rather than acting as political thought police, teachers should be imparting knowledge while encouraging critical thinking and instilling a love, instilling a love of lifetime learning. I love that. And this, these three uh, concepts of, of cross-curriculum priorities. Where did you get those from? They're from um, the National Curriculum website. Yeah, I don't know if they developed the curriculum in WA though. This is the national curriculum, and they these come from the. Um, I'll read you the introduction of the cross curriculum priorities. The Australian curriculum is designed to meet the needs of students by delivering a relevant, contemporary, and engaging curriculum, and builds on educational goals of the Melbourne Declaration. So the Melbourne Declaration identified three key areas that needed to be addressed for the benefit of individuals and Australia as a whole. So the three areas or the main goals at the Melbourne Declaration, which was um, founded in 2008, were one, Australian schooling promotes equity and excellence. Number two, all young Australians become successful learners, confident and creative individuals, active and informed citizens. So those two goals sound pretty cool. Yeah. To achieve those two, two goals, we... To, en to enable the delivery of learning area content at the same time as developing knowledge, understanding and skills relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander histories and cultures, Asia and Australia's engagement with Asia and or sustainability, incorporation of the priorities will encourage conversations between students, teachers and wider community. So that's where they come up with this, the three cross-curriculum Yeah, yeah, but is that, priorities. is that, who are, who are they? Look, is it a government organisation? Because the school curriculum and the standards authority is the one who develops the curriculum in WA, so you can't. There's nothing about that on. But the the WA curriculum is um, based upon the national curriculum. Is they wouldn't have their own curriculum. 
Well, we're different to New South Wales who are different to Victoria. Yeah, but they're also governed by a national curriculum. Are they different but maybe still within a framework or something like that? I don't know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm asking is, is that is that something that goes out to all the curriculums because, yeah, we're, we're different to... I think, I think regardless, the point we're trying to make here is that certainly times are changing at school and there is more uh, of a ideological values-based sort of stuff creeping in, whereas you know, perhaps when we were at school in the 70s and 80s, it was more um, just, just purely knowledge-based. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I asked my kids. Make, oh, pardon? Is that the point you're trying to make? Sort of more. Or yeah. Less? Yeah. Well, I asked my kids who are uh, year ten and year eleven, and they they told me that every year of their high school they have done, they have looked at Aboriginal and, and Torres Strait Islander studies in in certain subject areas, not just humanities or, or social sciences, but they've also done it in maths, art, English, and so on. Right. A lot of it has been. Um, and, I, and which I, I think is great and I, I want them to learn about that. And I said, is it always a positive um, learning experience or, or do you learn about negative stuff as well? And they said, oh, it's mostly just about um, how white people were really racist towards uh, Indigenous Australians. I said, well, you, but did you, did you, were you also taught about some of the positive things that occurred after colonialisation? Because there were some positive things. I definitely acknowledge that there were negative aspects to it. But there were also positives. But they didn't really, they couldn't expand on that. Also that sustainability is also mentioned. Like So, so climate change, my kids uh, full on believe that the climate is changing and the world is doomed and it's going to end in 20 years. That's the problem I've got is I don't want to instill fear into my kids. I want them to be knowledgeable but I don't want them to be scared. Well, like you said before, you want them to be critical thinkers. You want them to analyse information. That's, and that's the only thing I want out of the education system is for them to be creative, critical thinkers who can work stuff out for themselves. Yep. I've got a big problem with rote learning. Yeah. Don't tell me what the answer is. Tell me how to find the answer. I don't want to just give get given – I don't want my kid to just get given a page of answers and just remember these. I want them to be able to go through the process of how to work stuff out. And, and that's the same with your values. Work out what your values are for yourself based on data that you've gained for yourself, you know, plus and minus your experiences from life and what you get from your family and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's a dangerous path when all kids are given the same set of values. Yeah. I'm not talking about things like politeness and teamwork, but I'm talking about more sort of social and political ideas. Yeah. I think that it should be a broad range. Yeah. That's what makes society a good place is... uh, when I asked my kids about the Asian and Australia's involvement in Asia, what they'd learned about that, they said it's all about China. Mm. And I, I don't reckon they could pinpoint Thailand or Vietnam or Cambodia on a map, whereas a, those countries are listed in there. And, and I'm all for, because we live in the Asian region, region we need to learn about Asian cultures, how, how to, to, to work with Asian. We need to learn Asian languages like Indonesian, Chinese or Mandarin, whatever. Um, but there just seemed to be their first thing was China and and how Australia relates to China. They haven't done a lot of other Asian topics, so I don't I don't know whether these and mate, I'll get back to you on that um, about those the cross cultural curriculum things. But and I'm just going by information from this is 2018 um, and information released by the Australian Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority. So if you have a look at that mob, that's an Australian. Authority. I'll tell you a very quick story. Um, 
when I was a younger fellow and I was doing my um, paramedical science degree before I became an AMBO, we did, uh, in our first year, we did a one semester unit, which was um, cultural studies. And I thought, oh, that's really relevant because we're going to be going into a wide range of households and you obviously need to understand how to respect uh, different um, cultures and things like that so that you're not uh, offensive or rude or you can sort of get your best uh, get your best result and learn how to communicate in an appropriate way. So I was pretty excited about going into it because I <coughs> didn't have a great understanding of like a wide range of cultures in a significant way. And so, and so we did this 13-week uh, um, course, you know, one semester at uni. And uh, the entire 13 weeks was on um, uh, just Australian Indigenous um, culture. So I got a really in-depth understanding and it's, it's very fascinating. We went right into the family structure and the history and everything like that. But I came out with a zero understanding of any other culture. I thought, well, they shouldn't really call it cultural studies. It's it was literally just indigenous yeah, right. studies. And uh, so I went into when I went into uh, a Middle Eastern house or a you know different Asian cultures or anything like that. I had zero tools. I had to go away and do all the research myself. Um, now I really enjoyed doing the indigenous component of it. Yeah, uh, but it would have been a lot more helpful if we have had a wide range. And mm. and again, I think in any form of education, there's real value in exploring a wide range of ideas. Yeah. And any time that we sort of narrow, you know, it, it's not a good way to um, have a broad understanding of things. Yeah. And I guess the best way to – I'm a lover of travel and I see the absolute uh, importance of, of travelling in educating us on different cultures. You know, you can sit in a, in a classroom and learn about a culture, but to go to that country and learn about it and – make mistakes and, and then be taught, no, this is how we do it here, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's, it's, in, it's, that's a, sometimes I wonder whether I, I could have just not sent my kids to school and just taken them around the world. Would they become a more, more worldly student than, than they are now? I mean, they go to school, they absorb information, they regurgitate it at a test. What does that measure me? What does that give me? Well, here's a question for you guys. Two teachers, so perfect audience. What do you think about homeschooling? If you have a kid who is homeschooled in a good environment where the parents really put in and the kid has an active social life well, yeah, outside, yeah. you know, what do you think of it? Hate oh, it? Yeah. Love it? I think they would have to – they would definitely have to have a social aspect to it because there's definitely that at school. Because I yeah. know a couple of kids who've been exclusively homeschooled and amazing kids, yeah. yeah, like able to walk up confidently to an adult, hold a conversation, play well with kids, knowledgeable. Like my sort of uninformed view of a homeschool kid going back 10 years was like some real weird, like reclusive kid who was really awkward and probably had limited education. And what I've found with kids that I've met is the exact opposite. Really amazing, really, really mature, confident, um, sort of well-rounded kids. Now, obviously, that's props to those parents because they've done a really good job and I'm not saying that all homeschooled kids would get that same level. But I've definitely seen some really impressive kids come out of homeschooling and they haven't thrived well when they've tried early on to go to a normal school and so that's sort of the reason that they've come out. It's a really um, complex question. It's a really complex question, yeah. Like, There's a lot of factors. Yeah. You've got to have, well, I don't know, the setup as in... Mm. Like I've seen the curriculum. We, I mean, I've, I've lived you know. with someone who was homeschooling um, their daughters for a while. The curriculum, the objective of what they actually have to get through that you because you're still given the curriculum 
that you're expected to give the kids through your homeschooling. Yep. They could usually knock it off in like half a day and then they could go and do all these other awesome relevant skills that the parent found. Yeah. Like it wasn't a huge burden of learning. I yep. think there's a lot of uh, wasted time at school where obviously you're trying to deal with a rabble of 30 kids, one teacher. There's a, yeah, there's daily fitness. There's, there's all that sort of stuff. Pieces, yeah. 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 Um, you know, there's travel to and from class. school. Yeah. There's, there's all that sort of stuff. But yeah. I, I don't know. Like I used to have a really negative uh, view on it and I'm yeah. glad my daughter goes to school. But for example, I think if a kid was getting really bullied or really having a really rough time at school or had a yeah. really uh, different learning style, I think it could be really beneficial. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I said, you, yeah, as a parent, then you need to sacrifice not working mm-hmm. because yeah, you can't have, you know, you probably can't have your six, seven, eight year old at home on their own all day. Uh, you, you've got to put in, and that. A lot of parents do, and I think it would definitely work. I think there are a lot of parents out there who do a really great job. Yeah, and there's there's other people out there that just I need we need two yeah full time incomes to mm-hmm. pay the bills, and I'm not saying that schools are a babysitting service, but oh, there's certainly a component <laughs> where it frees you up to go to work. But yeah. mate, you don't have to have parents doing the homeschooling. Well, this They're, is one of the things. Homeschooling has grown so massively now, and and even since the whole COVID thing, people have realised um, that homeschooling. And and I'm I'm all for it. If if yeah. I had my time again now, my kids were little, I'd homeschool, and I would employ a homeschool teacher. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Um, I would contribute to it, but I would I would have a homeschool teacher, and they are available. The homeschool business is massive now. Um, well, there's even cooperatives of families now who are sharing the cost of a homeschool teacher with yeah. uh, sort of several children. Yeah. So they're almost getting like a school-like experience. Yep. But I guess you get a little bit more input into what your child is getting exposed to. I have a mate and his wife have done homeschooling with their three kids and their three kids are beautiful kids and they're yeah. intelligent. Yep. Um, we even uh, work with a, a fella um, who has homeschooled. He's one of the most smartest dudes I've ever met, mm. but one of the most nicest dudes I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, gets along with everyone. Uh, I see a lot of benefit for and we, we, particularly when you see stats like um, uh, Australian classrooms uh, among the least disciplined in the world. According to uh, one report, Australia has ranked 70th out of 77 participating nations for classroom discipline, with Australian students saying their learning time is lost to noise and disorder, meaning they can't work well in class. And often you'll find, and you, you're a teacher, Jonesy, often you'll find a lot of the time is putting oil, oil on that squeaky wheel. You're dealing with the, the, the troublesome kids instead yeah. of giving that time to educating the, the, the rest mm. of them. Uh, and, so what's and the metric of discipline? Though? And homeschooling, it'd be um, I don't know. There'd be some sort of sitting down, quiet. Well, how many that's, times that's kids are reprimanded? Violence in schools. I mean, there's also violence um, uh, has increased in our schools in the education system. Where last year, well, this is 2018, so 2017, 80 percent of uh, principals in the ACT reported physical violence. Um, in Western Australia, it was 57 percent of principals reported physical physical violence so but yeah back to the homeschooling yeah. committee i'm mate i reckon it's it's a goer it's sort of had a resurgence for uh since covid hasn't it and i also think that a lot of adults are thinking that their kids are going to school getting indoctrinated like we just mentioned before yeah. there's all these uh, external curriculum things that are being for want of a better word pushed down their throat mm. as opposed to just learning content matter our kids are being told to become, you know, environmental activists or social justice warriors. Yeah. You know, instead of learning 
simple maths and a reading. Like, it is, it's a lot of trust to give to a school. It is. And maybe if you're not um, sort of financially able to choose the school your kid goes to, you know, you live in a district, so therefore your kid goes to XYZ public primary school and high school, that's a really bad school and you have the motivation. I do think homeschooling is a valid option. One thing I'm interested in is uh, some European countries don't allow homeschooling. You physically have to send your kid uh, to school. Uh, wow. Germany Germany has had, this might be an old article, I'm not sure if this has changed since COVID. Let me try and find a date. This is from 2019. But in Germany, uh, homeschooling has been illegal since 1919. Um, now, family took the German government to court and uh, they lost, basically finding that they had to let their kids attend school. They weren't allowed to homeschool them. Is Steiner German? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Austrian? Yeah, I believe Austrian German yeah. around that time. So maybe, there are maybe maybe the, that's, maybe that's the countries may have shifted geographically because yeah. I think he was around sort of the, the yeah. last century. Maybe, um, maybe that's what came of that. His philosophy is possibly. I, I don't know, but. Um, I do believe that parents should ha- be able to have a, a pretty big say in how their kids are getting educated, yeah. as long as you're following the rules and you're not just doing nothing. You yeah. know, that, that's not acceptable. Yeah. Uh, your kid has to learn Homeschooling how to Homeschooling definitely things. has the ability for kids to cr- be creative and have their own critical thinking. Yeah, well, They've one got of the to do their own research. You know, you, exactly. Like you say, you give them the tools to – the parents are there. You know, they're not yep. absent. You need that. You need, you know, they can – Okay, well, this is what we need to do. How do we solve that problem? And they they develop exactly. critical thinking and yep. the possibility that parents have friends around and they're interacting with adults a lot more mm-hmm. and maybe in a more friendly environment yeah. gives the kids more confidence. A safer environment because you're around the parent, home. Uh, parents yeah. and adults. Because it's pretty critical uh, development time for kids growing mm-hmm. up. There's a lot of milestones yeah. where you really want to hope that things are going well yeah. for them, otherwise they're going to... Yeah, maybe I, develop some um, unhealthy patterns. Yeah. I think it's a great idea, as long as you can get the social aspect. Yeah, if they're the playing sport and they're sort of doing play dates yeah. and they're doing some hobbies and things well, like that, yeah. I think it would be good. But one thing I noticed Scouts about the, got, the older yeah. kids when I was around, some kids that were getting homeschooled, is once they're in high school, they're actually given the reins to, like, this is your curriculum, and they give it in a digestible manner. They buy sort of like books and they've got like CDs and things they can go through. But they're essentially might be online now. Well, probably online. <laughs> essentially, like given that by their parents and entrusted, like this is what you need to achieve. Yeah. And they're working out like how long is this going to take me? When am I going to do it? And they're essentially going through it by themselves with assistance when they need it. But it's sort of giving them those tools to work out, like um, the discipline of how you're going to do it, sort of time management skills. The parent. The, the stuff that you would really only learn at work when you're older, because at school you get given mm-hmm. homework like this has to be done by this date, this has to be done in this class. Whereas if it's on you. You're like, all right, you've got your whole day. You woke up at eight, mm. you know, dinner time six. We'll get this amount of work done in this time and you work out how to do it. You're kind of giving the kid that um, – you're allowing them to work out how to plan and some how, how to achieve. Some autonomy and some responsibility. You know, they'll fail sometimes, but then they'll yeah. work out how to succeed and yeah. you give them some – The parent-kid relationship, I reckon, would be enhanced as well. They're, I think so. You know, they're – it's more of a team rather than an authoritarian parent just saying, this is, we've got to go to school. You have to get your homework in. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon it would completely work. I mean, we did years. it, we did it through COVID mm. and my kids love school and they, we could have kept doing it. Yeah. You know, like they, they wanted to start at eight and finish at five. Yeah. And we did big days. Wow. And, you know, 
we had a swimming pool, so we did swimming lessons, and we probably got a bit ahead of the curriculum, eh? Yeah, and <laughs> well, we, that's the thing they say. It was really good. A lot of people that do the homeschooling say that it's more time effective, so they're actually mm. getting more work done in half a day. Yes, and then the kids have got the other half of the day to do some, you know, some sport or some other stuff that's in my their creativity or homework yeah. stuff, I and they're done. They're done sure. by you know early afternoon. Yeah, instead then you of can set them to work at mowing your lawn. And oh, <laughs> clean the windows, <laughs> clean the tidy up the house, yeah. cook dinner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they've but got plenty of time then, I mean, haven't they? Not, Some community work. Yeah, or I'm not being funny, but that's contributing to the family. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I am being funny, but, you know, yeah. getting them to – everyone Everyone in your community contributes, right? So they, yeah, okay, you finish your schooling, now we do – It's probably more more ra- well-rounded, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I think um, not being a control freak, but as a parent, you've got – control of your child's education more so than you just sending them off to school and relying on the school yeah. or, or trusting the school to deliver. Yeah. Well, they're and not getting like a one-size-fits-all education, are they? Yeah. Like they might be, like you said, a visual learner or, you know, they might want to read, they might have photographic memory, who knows, like they might... Exactly. And that's maybe that's what's great learner. about yeah. being in our society is we have the ability to do that. Yeah. We yeah. send our kids to a public school, we can send them to a private school. If we don't like what's going on in a public school... Go to a private school. We can go to Steiner, Montessori. Yeah, so those home those alternative schools, they're, they're based on learning. So Montessori's and Steiner's, they're, they're based on the kids learning through through creativity more so, isn't it? Or, or more based on yeah, I think there's different milestones depending on different developmental ages. Right. Okay, I'm talking younger younger ages. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. They're more um more encouraged to to learn by play and stuff like that in the younger yes. younger years. Yeah. I heard an interesting podcast with uh, the Senator Malcolm Roberts mm-hmm. uh, listening to the other day. He's a very interesting guy and I mm. respect um, I respect the fact that he's got alternative views on things. And he was saying he had a, uh, a Montessori uh, education and he, oh. he credits that with a lot of his ability to have critical thinking and also to have the um, sort of the moral fibre to be able to take that heat of going outside of some of the norms in thinking and challenge some ideas. Yeah, right. He thinks that actually came from... Um, yeah, from a Montessori education. Yeah. So he, he thinks it's, it was amazing and was the best thing he could have done. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I think it really works for some people and it probably doesn't work for others. And But it comes back to that thing of like family values, doesn't it? Like some people would absolutely recoil in horror of the idea of a homeschool or a Steiner or a Montessori and other families yeah. would embrace it and be like, that really suits us. Yeah. And I just hope we never lose that because I have heard the discussion that, you know, perhaps homeschooling should be outlawed and, Stuff like that. I, I just hope it never comes to that. I hope we always have the option the as to parents. Educate. I mean, it's an amazing time. Yeah. My daughter's five and she goes to kindy. And uh, it's just such, so amazing to be around her and see her grow and develop. And I'm so glad she goes to kindy and she's got her little friends and she has a lovely time. But um, at the same time, if she stayed home, that's amazing too. Like, Yeah. 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 Um, I, would, I wouldn't keep her home because you know, she loves school, but if she stopped loving school and she had big problems, I'd, I'd consider homeschooling. Yeah. I would, or if I was really genuinely unhappy with the education yeah. later on. Yeah. yeah. So how would you go if um if uh, your young child in primary school had a a drag queen come and do story time? <laughs> well, that's obviously <laughs> happening around the world. It's a topical um, man. It's a topical Where was that? Issue. Uh, I think oh, it's more it's in the states. Yeah, it's more in the of, states. Uh, they do. What are, they, they got a name for it? Um, uh, it's, it's I, I, a drag I, queen story time or something, but a drag queen comes in. Like a big oh, guy, a big fat guy with a beard, gu- <laughs> with a beard, comes in wearing a dress and tells the kids fairy tales. And uh, there's some YouTube videos you can see, and you know who, who knows. But that's got to be fairly. I tell you, that's not happening. 
Uh, I'll tell Don't you tell one them, which man. is controversial is uh, in some sort of pretty fundamentalist Christian schools that follow Bible scripture, uh, there's been some court cases where some of the Christian schools have um, not wanted to hire, um, this is not my opinion, I'm just relaying fact here, but they haven't wanted to hire uh, like transgender teachers and things like that because it sort of goes against their um, belief system. And uh, I don't have a firm opinion on this yet because I haven't thought heap about it because it hasn't affected me, but I, I believe they've lost those court cases and the court said you have to be, you have to hire these. Again, this is in the United States, but uh, like as a parent, I don't know, do you get to have a school that you can choose where they will say we are going to follow Bible scripture because we're a religious family? And, and do you get to have that option to send your kid there or do we have to have this vanilla thing of every kid has to learn this broad blanket thing where you might have a transgender teacher? Like, do, do, well, I, I, don't, I don't know the answer. It's interesting yeah. to think about, but do families, should families have the option to be able to say, like, you know, my kid is going to go to this school that's not going to hire trans teachers or do we... Or do we forcibly send them to a school where the parents don't believe in it. I, I don't know the answer, but it's an interesting question and I don't think it's it something is. that's really being discussed too yeah. much in the mainstream. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of um, the whole uh, transgender um, debate, it, it rears itself at schools, doesn't it? I mean... I think it's starting to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't remember it as a kid in the 80s. No, <laughs> no. I mean, schools are now looking at bringing in uh, toilets to accommodate children who yeah. are... Are uh, uh, confused of their gender, or, or haven't uh, I don't know um, de- determined their gender yet? Um, it seems like stuff that, as a society, we're going to um, obviously be exposed to it more and more, um, which is fine. I respect everyone's right to choose whatever they want to do and however they want to express themselves. But there is a debate there to be had with: Do parents have a say with uh, what their kids are exposed to at what age, yeah. or does the government decide that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's maybe when you need to be on the school board. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent agree with that. So Not even on the board, mate. Just an active parent going oh, yeah, to parent meetings yeah. and so on. Yeah. Well, the, the, the more have a voice. You know, if you've got someone on the board, and then you've got active parents that get to meetings and say this is yep. not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, schools listen. Yeah. You know, but then, like, if that school, like that example of that Christian school, which did happen in the states, who go to court, and then the court says, "Well, you lose." You know, at what stage do people start saying, well, maybe I'm going to take my kids out of school because I'm right. not me because I'm not yeah. a fundamentalist Christian. But, you know, maybe if you are a family and that's a deal breaker for you, what do people do? Do they start taking their kids out of school or does there need to be some level of uh, choice amongst schools where you can make an individual? I'm not talking about discriminating, but, uh, well, I guess it does sound discriminatory. So I don't know. It's such a hot topic, isn't it? But well, you, you know, uh, like you say, you you – you vote with your dollar. You know, if, if you don't yeah. like that school, you go elsewhere. If yes, if but, but if all are, schools have to follow the same But if you're uh, a system, school based on certain um, beliefs and, and values and, and that school has been founded upon those, whether it be religious or, or what, values and, and, and beliefs, they've got every right to uphold those values and beliefs. You know, why do they have to bend backwards and accommodate someone who breaks that... that um, that moral value or, or whatever, why do they have to bend their, their, their rules? Why do they have to accommodate the, the one person? You know what I mean? Like if that school has been founded upon for centuries based upon a certain decree, then why do they have to bend? Yeah, it's a tough – I don't think there's an easy answer, is there? It's, 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 yeah. it's really tough. But yeah. why, can't what they just mean? hire whoever they want? Yeah. yeah, well, I think I was listening to a podcast, uh, I 
think it so was. If they, if they was, it, was it an RFK? Hire them, they hire them. Yeah, if sorry, we, um, we've just not. we've chosen somebody else for the position. They had yeah. more experience. Yeah, there certainly have been court cases overseas where um, I, un, unsuccessful applicants have taken yeah. schools to. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've applied for jobs at religious schools, but because my I'm not overly religious, so I haven't got that job. Yeah, yeah. Or do, do I have the right to go? Hang on, you. I'm the best teacher. How do you know you're the best teacher? Yeah. I don't know. I just went, oh, cool. I'm not good enough. Didn't get the job. Well, in today's yeah. society, you probably have a, a cause for um, complaining. <laughs> Maybe. Everyone, everyone's <laughs> a victim, man. Well, that's like another whole subject, which I won't obviously go yeah. down the rabbit hole too much of um, not talking about this, but more in general, fulfilling quotas versus the best applicant for the job. Yeah. And that's permeated through most uh, employment categories in our society now. You know, we we all want to be like inclusive and things like that, but then, you know, there's obviously um, the argument that does the best applicant always get the job? I don't know. I've never yeah. been in a position where I'm a hire, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's another big. Well, every organisations attempt that, to be inclusive, they're actually being exclusive. And so they should. Yeah. You know, it's mm. it's a fine balance, isn't it? Mm. And I guess that's why we haven't got it right because it's so bloody hard. Yeah, it's a difficult it's time to navigate. Bloody tough, but yeah. obviously society is changing, and um, it's like up. you said, if you're not happy, vote with your dollar. Yeah. But I was, I'm just so grateful that we've got different employment. Yep. Uh, yeah, different. We do have uh, the ability to choose different education modalities. We can choose um, up to and including homeschooling. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, you know, definitely when, when not. My daughter's older. Yeah, because um, I bloody love her. I love spending time with her, and I think I've, I could teach her some good stuff and be a bit of fun. Oh, you'd be alright. Yeah, enough to get by. Probably yeah. read and write at level one. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe one point five. You're above me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a teacher, so you'd definitely yeah. be a one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, teachers do a great job. I've got yeah. huge respect for teachers, yeah, and I think oh, they man. have an incredibly tough yep. um, time. I you know, often, often teachers are left to teach kids values when they haven't got them from home if yep. they come from a bad home life. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I think they get um, difficult conditions, and I don't think they get paid enough. So Definitely. They definitely get overcrowded enough. classrooms. You know, I, I think pay peanuts, get monkeys, you know, if you want to start paying really top know. dollar. If you want to talk about that, that I reckon is the biggest thing. If you talk to a lot of teachers, if you had a classroom of 20 instead of 30 or 33, yeah. I think 33 is a max or whatever, maybe 36. If you had a classroom of 20, that discipline from where ranked 70 goes from 70 way high yeah. because there's less kids to deal with. Yeah. But then the government have got to hire more teachers. They've got to have more classrooms, more rooms. It's always about the dollar, isn't it? It's like the yeah. nursing ratios, patient-to-nurse ratios and things like that. And the yeah. nurses in WA have just fought to get better ratios so they can provide better care. Yeah. We're always trying to scrimp and save on, on yeah. health and education, which is yeah. bloody crazy. They're the two yeah. things that we should be going large on. Yeah. 15 yeah. to 20 in your classroom and the outcomes will be completely different. Oh, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. I don't need faster internet or bloody, you know, more mobile phone towers. I need good health system, good education system. Yeah. That's like the foundation of a good society. Yeah, I, I've seen the health system and it's knackered. It's yeah, real bad. Yeah. And, and you guys have seen the education system and I'm sure you've seen a decline in it in recent years as uh, the ratios and stuff have gotten worse. Yeah. It's a shame. We, we, we can do better than that in a first world country like Australia. Yeah, I reckon. It'd be um, interesting to find out countries and their education performances with small class sizes. Yeah. I don't know who... Oh, I sort of straight away think of Scandinavia. I was going to say, they there. always win. Scandinavians they always, always win seem there, to right? have their yeah. shit together. Yeah. Um, yeah, it might be interesting to see what their class size is. Yeah. Mm. Probably got a very rich culture too, I imagine. Like uh, yeah. a lot of European countries have a big emphasis on uh, their culture. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't know. It's an interesting one. Yeah. 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 Probably just talk. scratch the surface here a lot. Yeah. Could probably talk about that for a bit longer. Rambled though. a bit, but um, and, uh, yeah. 
It's an important Wrap one. I mean, there's nothing yeah. more important than your kids' education. That's so. right, yeah. Mm. It's a big topic. Huge. And I'll take it on notice, Chris. I'll get back to you next <laughs> week about the, um, the cross-curriculum yeah, I was just I was just thinking because I hadn't really heard of those, but it's interesting that your kids had heard of those things. And I mean, I know my kids talk about it. Um, I didn't know in the sense of, you know, it's in maths and, and those kind of things. It yeah. makes sense. Well, I don't think you would, you would be told about it. You know, it's it's just, it, they're subtle inclusions into the curriculum, yeah. and they they're a broad context within those core subjects yeah. that are delivered <laughs> via those core subjects. It's yeah. sort of like a subliminal messages, you know, within. It's maybe a focus of, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Mm. But there is a place for it. There's a great place for us mm. to know about you know how we fit in with the Asian region. There's a great place for sustainability. Mm. You know we. We live in a planet that we've got to look after. And we and there's a great place to understand yeah. the, the culture that we share this um, beautiful country with. Mm. Mm. There's absolutely no doubt that the sustainability aspect is uh, quite a big topic at the moment. We could probably talk about that one we in could. the future. Yeah. It's just where yeah. do you draw the line, mm. you know? Yep. Well, how much is too much? Yeah. Only got a certain amount of hours in the day and a certain amount of years and you're preparing your kids for perhaps further education or the workforce, yeah. so... Mm. If you've got a certain amount of time, you can learn a certain amount of things. Yeah, there's no doubt that the humans are damaging the planet. Oh, hugely. Well, we, hang we on, mate. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> we can talk about this in another podcast. Humans are having an impact on the planet, but Absolutely. climate change is a natural phenomena. It occurs naturally over time. Let's dig into that. Yeah, mate, that's uh, another one. Soon. All right. And we might have a range of opinions on that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. You can't tell oh, me that oh, humans oh. aren't damaging the planet. They're having it. Well, they're, not. they're having an impact on the planet. Having, of course they are. Of course we are, because there's a lot of us um, by way of manufacturing, processing, and stuff like that. Well, that's exactly right. Is, you've got climate change, then you've yeah. got everything else. You've got chemicals, you've got plastics, yeah. you've got deforestation, cool. right. you've got yeah. air pollution, <laughs> you've got desoiling. We'll talk yeah. about it. We'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah we'll so. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. That's an, one to look forward to. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Yeah, good stuff. All right, yeah, should we get our air guitars yeah, ready yeah, for yeah, a bit of a yeah. um, guitar riff? Yep. yep, get over to modernancestralman at gmail. Flick us, a, flick us an email or on the Instagram, modernancestralman. Come and have a chat. Engage. Always, always good to see you, boys. Yep, good stuff, fellas. See you, lads. See you next time. <laughs>